Hey there, Duke fans. It is DBR podcast time, episode number 401 coming at you. I am Jason Evans, and get this, people. I'm alone today. It's just me. Sam is on the ski slopes. Donald is traveling. I know they're both going to be watching the Duke-Syracuse game and watching it very, very soon, but you know, just the timing of the ACC tournament, how fast the games come at you one after another, I got to do this by myself. It's just me. So I hope you will tolerate as I discuss very briefly, this won't be a long podcast, but uh, me, Jason Evans, I will be discussing Duke's 88 to 79 victory over the Syracuse Orange uh, in the, not the first round, but Duke's first game of the ACC tournament, the quarterfinals for the Blue Devils. And it was, you know, it was a heck of a game. 88 to 79 does not tell the story of how close this contest was. I'm going to start, as crazy as it sounds, with the headlines. Because uh, the DBR podcast, we just got an email um, with a listener headline. And so I'm going to read that. I don't have Donald and Sam, but I got you folks with me. Andrew Bloom wrote, and he gave me this headline. Duke survives threes to give Orange one more squeeze. I like the, uh, the the rhyming there, Andrew. Thank you very much. My headline from this game, Age Before Beauty. Duke's veterans lead them to a gutsy win over the Orange Bunch. And I, I got to, you know, I'm going to give credit to another person who who wrote to me, Kenny Denard. We, if you haven't listened to episode 400 yet, our interview with Kenny Denard, please do. Kenny, on that episode, was talking about Duke's postseason. And, and he pointed out that Wendell Moore would be a huge key for this team in the tournament. He really felt that Wendell Moore was ready to explode and start being the player that we saw back in December. Because back in December, Wendell Moore was playing like a first-team All-American. Not that he's played poorly, but he hasn't been quite at that level lately. So Kenny Denard said he thought Wendell was going to really take off. And that is what Duke saw in this game. Kenny calls himself Dog Stradamus. He's the dog, and he's the dog Stradamus, and the dog Stradamus was right. Wendell Moore had a heck of a game. I think the story of this game was Wendell Moore, Jeremy Roach, and Mark Williams, Duke's three most experienced veterans, you know, not counting Theo John, Bates Jones, but I mean, in the in the main rotation, those three guys are Duke's main um, rotation veterans, and those experienced players really carried the day in this uh, in this game. I'm going to start with Wendell Moore who was absolutely fantastic. I, I loved the fact that, that he was able to score and be a facilitator at the same time. 26 points in this game, a career high for Wendell Moore, and eight assists. And boy, none bigger than the one he had to Jeremy Roach to, to really cement the game. I'll get to that again in a moment. Wendell only had three rebounds, but that, that's, that's fine. You know, he didn't have one of his 10, 5, and 5 games. I can live with that because Duke was doing a great job of rebounding with other players and Wendell was doing what he needed to go out and push the ball up the floor. One of the big differences in this game was Duke's ability to get out in transition, to get fast break baskets, to get stuff before Syracuse could get that zone. And and by the way, Syracuse played, they played both their usual 2-3 and they also played like some junky defenses as well. But Wendell Moore wanted to get Duke out there running before Syracuse could get their defense set. That was a big key to this game. 26.8 assists three rebounds. I thought Wendell was fabulous in the final 10 minutes. He just seemed completely in control of this game. The other guy you got to talk about though is Jeremy Roach. I'm going to I'm going to recount for you very quickly now. This is going to be every basket Jeremy Roach had in the second half because it was just like nothing but big 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 baskets for him. At 12:30 with 12 and a half minutes left, Duke had trailed the entire second half to that point. Jeremy Roach made a three-pointer that gave Duke the lead 60 to 58. 
just a huge moment in the game. And, and Duke had not been knocking down their threes at all. And Jeremy Roach broke that, you know, sort of uh, the, the trend of Duke being unable to hit wide open three-pointers. He nailed one to give Duke the lead 60-58. to 58. That's his first basket of the second half. Next basket, two minutes later, at the 10-minute mark, Syracuse cuts the lead to one, and Jeremy Roach hits another three to stretch it out to four points, made it 67-63. to 63. With eight minutes left, it's a two-point game. Jeremy Roach hits another three. Stretches it out to 72 to 67. A little bit of breathing room. Put a little bit of possession pressure on Syracuse. With five minutes left, Syracuse has made it a one possession game. It's 74 to 71. Jeremy Roach hits a driving layup, one of his really nice driving layups where he recognized what the defense was giving, that they were stretching out onto him and so he could go around his man, hit a layup to cut it to five. With four and a half minutes left, just 30 seconds later, Syracuse drains a three, makes it a two-point game again, and... Jeremy Roach got fouled and calmly hit two free throws to put Duke up four. Again, possession pressure, making Syracuse feel like they have to score because Duke has, you know, more than a one possession lead. And then, of course, the biggest shot he hit, the biggest shot of the game, Duke's leading by three with a minute and eight seconds left. And Jeremy Roach buries a backbreaker off an incredible feed from Wendell Moore. Wendell Moore goes in the lane somehow. I don't even know how he passed it around the guys. But he went in the lane, passed it back out to the three-point line, and Jeremy Roach hit the three-pointer to put Duke up 85-79. to 79. That was really the moment where, as a Duke fan, you could exhale a little bit. Am I right? I mean, we were all like, oh my God, oh my God. And then that basket was the one that put Syracuse in a position where they were in desperation mode. And even though Syracuse had been burying three-point shots, difficult shots the whole way, in the final minute, they really struggled to get you know, even the, the difficult looks they were getting earlier. And, and they put up poor shots, and Duke extended the lead out as a result of that. Look, this was a game where even though Duke struggled a lot to knock down shots, I mean, my goodness, the number of open three-pointers that we missed in the first half, it was just awful. It was really frustrating. Um, but still, Duke assisted on 24 of our 32 baskets in this game, 75% of our baskets came off assists. And that's what you have to do against a Syracuse team. And I, I think the big difference for Duke was we started attacking the basket in the second half. In the first half, we were moving the ball around, looking to get threes. In the second half, we started moving the ball around, looking to get twos, looking to get good twos, looking to get shots in the lane, or to get the ball in the lane and then kick it out for the three. Mark Williams, I've talked about Wendell Moore. I've talked about Jeremy Roach. Time to talk about Mark Williams, our third really experienced player that carried us in this game. Mark Williams had only two shots, took only two field goals in the first half, missed both of them, by the way. In the second half, he was seven of nine. And one of those misses, by the way, was a missed dunk on a lob, which I never see from him. It was very strange to see that. But in any event, seven of nine um, from the field in the second half, he had 15 points, Eight rebounds in the second half, 16 rebounds total, but eight of them in the second half, and three block shots, all of them in the second half. Mark was absolutely dominant in the middle, controlled the paint. You saw Syracuse guys, even when they would get inside, they were afraid to shoot because Mark was going to reject it or force them to change it or something like that. And, and uh, you know, he was just... I, I feel like Mark Williams has been arguably Duke's best player over the past month, maybe even month and a half. And he showed it again in this point, in this game. I, I mean... He's he's been truly outstanding so far, and then I I also want to talk very briefly about Paulo Bancaro. Paulo gets ten points, ten rebounds, seven assists, almost a triple double. Ten points, ten rebounds, seven assists, five steals. But Paulo had four turnovers. He shot just three of nine from the floor, 
he had some terrible three-point misses. It seems to me like he's still taking forever to decide what he wants to do. He still feels unsure of himself. He got, he just needs to react more and think less. Um, but I love the fact that in a game where he was really struggling with his shot, where he couldn't hit out, I, I think he had an, an air ball. It wasn't an air ball, but he took an outside, a three-pointer at one point that didn't touch anything other than backboard. It was bad. Um, I think even though he's still really struggling with that shot, I like the fact that he is recognizing ways he can help his teammates. Those seven assists were big. He had several that were really great assists. A lot of the a lot of the three-pointers that Duke was taking in the second half, we were taking off of Paul, balls from Paulo Bancaro. So that was that was just outstanding. And then uh, really quickly, I just want to mention Trevor Keels. He's you know, he missed. He he had some terrible three-point misses. But um Trevor did a nice job of taking the ball to the hole. Um he he did a a, a pretty decent job, I thought. Of, of figuring out where he could be effective. And Trevor ends up shooting 6 of 11 on the game. He got 14 points. It was quiet. You know, like, I, I didn't feel like I noticed a lot of big baskets from Trevor Keels. But um, 14 points, I'll take it any day, anytime I can. Um, a really nice game from him. And then I, I did want to mention two other things very quickly. First one is, um, we've just gotten word fairly recently that Duke had a little bit of food poisoning. That they were dealing with some illness on the team. Um, and A.J. Griffin apparently was one of the guys who really was suffering from the food poisoning. A.J. Griffin, after only taking five shots against UNC, only took three shots in this game against Syracuse. He just didn't seem to be himself. And now we know the reason. Now we know that he was suffering from some food poisoning. In fact, uh, there's talk that, uh, that, that Duke was maybe not even going to play him this game. Um, so so I, I can forgive the, the tough outing he had. Uh, I, I wanted to mention, by the way, you know, Duke, Duke did not get a lot from the bench other than Jeremy Roach in this game. Trevor, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Theo John only played seven minutes. Joey Baker only played four minutes. Um, and, and neither one of them produced, you know, very much at all in terms of, of really helping the team out. Uh, the ACC tournament, if you win it, that's three games in three days. Back to back to back. Duke needs to get their starters some rest. Wendell Moore played 39 minutes. Trevor Keels played 36. Paulo played 35. Mark Williams played 33. Probably a career high for Mark. 33 is a lot of minutes for Mark Williams. Um, we're we're going to have to figure out a way to get a little more from our bench, a little rest at least from our bench, uh, because yeah, we got to play tomorrow, and, and these guys have got to they got to be rested and ready. And then the last thing I wanted to mention: full credit to the Syracuse Orange. They played their butts off. They played really hard without. Buddy Beheim, uh, you know, a, a heck of a player, their best player, an all-ACC player, one of the contenders for ACC Player of the Year. For them to have that kind of performance without him to rely on was truly impressive. Jimmy Beheim, Jimmy Beheim Jr., is a 33% three-point shooter on the year, and he takes like about three of them a game. He, he generally only hits maybe one three-pointer per game. And uh, my friend Eric Rothschild wrote to me and said that Jimmy Beheim was having an out-of-body experience. He had 28 points. At one point, I'm pretty sure he was 6 of 7. I know he was 5 of 6. I think he eventually got to 6 of 7 on three-pointers. Just a great game stepping up for him in what is his final college basketball game. I, you know, it was tough for it to be against Duke. But, uh, you know, by all accounts, a good kid. And I'm glad he could go out on such a high note. Cole Swider. I mean, hat tip to him. Played the final, like, 12 minutes of the game with four fouls. Never fouled out. 
um, and and ha- hit some huge shots. And then Joe Girard, folks, if you've been following Duke recruiting over the years, you know that Duke was after Joe Girard at one point. And and Girard, I think, saw that he's from New York, so Syracuse was a more natural landing spot for him. And I think he probably saw that he could get more playing time at Syracuse. But man, he carried them in the first half. Joe Girard had 23 points. He was truly outstanding, and Syracuse again and again and again was hitting really difficult shots. I mean, like, yeah, Duke gave up a lot of points to Syracuse. They scored eight. Uh, they scored seventy nine, and and that's you know that's a great scoring output. But it wasn't because Duke was playing terrible defense. I thought. I thought Duke was doing just fine. Syracuse was making really really difficult shots. They were taking contested, deep, on the move, off the dribble three pointers and nailing them. While Duke, especially in the first half. Wide open. I mean, like, guys guys could have taken time to lean down and tie their shoes before they took their three-pointers, and we were missing them left and right. I don't want to see another game like this where Duke misses this many wide-open three-pointers because uh, we probably won't survive if we do. All right, I've rambled on for about 15 minutes. Uh, my throat is giving out. I need to stop and take a, a, a breath to have a little bit of water, but I'm not going to. I'm going to wrap up this podcast first. It's a quick one. Like I said, it's just me, just Jason, no Sam and Donald. But uh, I tried to get it out there so all you folks would have something to listen to. I don't think we're going to do one of these after the semifinal game. Um, I'm hoping and praying that Duke Duke wins um, the semifinal and, and is in the finals. I think probably we'll be back with you after the ACC finals are done, um, uh, right before we get a NCAA tournament draw on Sunday. Um, but until then, for Sam and Donald who are not here, I am Jason. I am here. And here is the Duke band to play us out and take us home.